Hi, everyone. Before we get into this very special guest episode, I mean, it's our first guest ever, and it's a really good one. I want you to know that we're going to have a super exclusive discount code for our guest, Ty McBride's store, Intentionally Blank, and it's only for listeners of the department. So make sure to listen all the way through. I mean, I guess you could fast forward, but that seems really rude. So just listen to the whole episode. You're going to love it. This is a deal you're not going to want to miss. Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And I'm Ty. (laughs) And this is The Department, a podcast about trends, taste, brands, and products. Today we have a very, very special episode with Ty McBride, T. McBee. He's our very first ever guest on this podcast. I'm the cherry popping of guests. (laughs) Yes. We'll never forget you. Yeah, tonight's special. Um, He is a really, really great friend, a big champion of both Amanda and I, and an all-around amazing person who's also extremely talented in the arena of Shoes. Are you going to ask him for money or something? <laughs> I'm going to pyramid it so anyway, And we have you here tonight, Ty, to see how you would like to sell essential oils with us. Do you love candles? We have a pyramid. <laughs> so Ty is the founder, owner, creative director. I'm, I don't really know what your, yeah. your title is for uh, intentionally blank shoes. Um, so Ty, we, we would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into shoes, and um, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, I have so many questions. Yeah. Come on, lay it out. Well, the long story short is I graduated high school in 1996 from a small rural, rural town in Eastern Oregon. So if you remember or not, 1996 was the dawn of the internet. Yeah, she was like an encyclopedia gal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A reference, you know. So I went to college in San Diego thinking like, I'm moving to this big city. I'm getting out (laughs) of here. Well, if you've been to San Diego, (laughs) you know, she's just a beach town, (laughs) a sleepy beach gal. So I finished school really quickly and I moved to New York City. I got a job right when I got there, um, managing a boutique on the Upper West Side. So very young, retail gay selling things, working for an X-Men lesbian, running her store on the Upper West Side. An X, an X what? She, my, the owner was an X-Men lesbian. She X-Nun? Had, yeah. You say none. X-Nun lesbian. Whoa. So like extra strict. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Extra mean. Um, but we're still very good friends today. <laughs> she had four stores at the top of her time in the city. Her store is called Alphabets. So if you lived in New York City, you might know it from mm-hmm. her Avenue A location downtown. <laughs> Alphabets. Um, Wait, what did she sell? Tchotchkes, home, gifts. I mean, I'm not a paid influencer person. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not not. <laughs> um, so I worked there and my old boss from college called me and said that he had set up a interview for me to be a wholesale shoe sales rep. Mm. So mm-hmm. I was and like... And those are also called... 
shoe dogs. Yeah, a shoe dog. Really? If you're not familiar. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the shoe dogs. <laughs> because it is a special breed of people, yeah. especially at the mid-tier. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know what it was, and I knew the brand. Um, we had sold the brand in the store. It was a licensed deal mm-hmm. um, of a heritage brand, which I'm sure the three of us know, which is called Nana. Oh, yeah. Which was, yeah. Oh, my God. We bought it at Oak. Yeah. So it was like That's a huge nice. um, Doc Martin-inspired mm-hmm. brand that had its own 10 stores at the peak. Mm-hmm. Very Everyone that worked there was a musician. Totally. Very cool. Yeah. London Underground mm-hmm. vibes. So this was, unfortunately, after that when it was a license oh. and I, I remember I took the train to Malwa, New Jersey and all I knew was that I was going to be the sales, you know, apply to be the sales. Right. Like, oh, we laugh, but we laugh about the word New Jersey. We're like, oh. <laughs> I went to Hoboken. Train. So what was really funny was, you know, I thought I was going to a fashion interview. So I was really young. I was real skinny, a little guy. I knew the brand and it was kind of rockabilly. It was 2000. Mm-hmm. Their shoes had a lot of denim, a lot of flames, oh. um, some tiki inspired oh. shoes. Some, <laughs> Maybe we didn't buy some tie up, some stripper tie up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember I wore low rise leather oh. pants with python cowboy boots. Damn. You remember your look? Well, I was very into my fight club look at this time. <laughs> so I really went into this Tyler Durden. You, well, you you like you came wearing armor. You're like, yeah. this is my first interview. Yeah, I better be dressed. So I got there, and the three other applicants were in the waiting room, and they were like 65 plus, <gasps> um, seasoned Jewish suit shoe salesmen, mm-hmm. shoe dogs, shoe dogs, brown shoe dogs. suits, <laughs> and shoe I was dogs. mortified. I mean, <laughs> everyone's been on a first date that doesn't go well, <laughs> so yeah. it was that feeling of like, oh my god, you know, like wrong place. So I went in, I was mortified, and I just said to the to the owner, I just said, you know, I'm so embarrassed. I thought this was, you know, something different. And he said, well, would you like a drink? And he opened his drawer, and his whole office was covered in bar ephemera that he collected from the 50s, 60s. And we had a drink, and I explained to him why I was dressed like a prostitute. <laughs> and, um, um, in New Jersey. Just said, you know, we're looking for someone fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's you, but I know these other people who have interviewed before you today. They're industry regulars who bounce around. So we have the largest trade show coming up in two weeks. I'll pay for either your hotel or your air. You pay for the other one. If you can sell, we'll hire you. Hmm. And so I went to what was called WSA, which is a defunct trade show now, I believe. It used mm-hmm. to be the biggest shoe show. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. In- the world, um, maybe that and the MeCam show in Milan, mm-hmm. which still exists. So mm-hmm. I went to that show and it was great. I started selling and I loved it. He was and a natural. Yeah. Folks. I was like, do you like a wedge? Do you like a <laughs> and I just um, Come and get you know, it. started selling. And then a year later, I was at a trade show. And as happens at all trade shows, you got to go to that bathroom. <laughs> <clears throat> a lot when you're in your trade show booth by yourself it always it's like a joke that as soon as you leave mm-hmm. customers mm-hmm. come uh and there was one booth um by the bathroom and I kept going by their stand and I started talking to them about their shoes and their shoes were very special and it was like, like anything else at the show 
and that brand was called Jeffrey Campbell. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Can I just say though, you know, I began my career in shoes and I was young and impressionable and I had the biggest crush on Jeffrey Campbell. Yes. Not just the He's shoes, but the man. Yeah. I mean, he is a real person, you guys. Yeah. He's a real yeah. person with a family. He's not Googleable, which is his no. own choice. Mm-hmm. So I started working there in a very interesting way. And, um, you know, it started with me doing consulting for him and going to trade shows, just doing freelance sales. And that kept going on and on. And the brand was really building, but still very indie. I would say at, you know, the $9 million mark being run out of his garage, all family members were employees. I was freelance. So I would just come in for trade shows. Um, then I started designing some of the packaging, the rainbow packaging. So I remember we had just finished a show in New York. And at this point I'm living in Washington state. I have two of my own boutiques. Um, I sell his product in the stores And so we go to dinner and I'm like, hey, listen, this is blowing up. Like you're blowing up. It's crazy. We don't have enough hands. You need a New York person. He's based in LA. And I said, I think we can find someone really good that you're going to really like. I'll train them. I'll come out to New York. I can stay with a friend maybe for two weeks and we can get, I'll help them get an office or a showroom or whatever. I can do it. And then he just said, oh, well, that's, that's great because, you know, my wife and I were talking and we actually found someone that we are going to bring on in New York. And I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I have these stores. I appreciate the work, but like I'm leaving all the time. It's more and more work with you. My stores, I need to really be on the floor. And he was like, yeah, so we're just going to hire this other person. And I was like, great. And he was like, except that person is you. <laughs> so send, he just, you know, was very kind and said, you know, send me an email and let me know what would work. And so I just did. I, I, asked to be sent back to New York City, and I asked for one year to sell my stores, which I did. I sold both of them. And I moved back to New York City, and my first day of working for him, I just went to a coffee shop in Park Slope, and I bought a new laptop, and I just sat down, and I sent him a message. I said, hi, I'm working. And then at the end of the day, I emailed him, and I said, okay, I made a list. I sat here all day. Here's what I'm working on. And he said, great, let me know. And that was it. So I started working at that time. They were called bloggers. So I started working with bloggers, um, shoebox design, packaging design, um, and then lookbooks, which became a huge thing for us. And like the digital Mm -hmm. mini editorial, which was like synonymous with our brand. Mm -hmm. Um, This kind of accessible bad gal. she had a sense of humor, but she was like a bitch. She loved vintage, but she knew what fashion was. Um, she was young. It was fun. What it didn't was take this? itself seriously. Um, this was 2008. 2008, right. That's when I met okay. you. So yeah. then I started working there and living in Greenpoint again. And, you know, New York City for me is like my longest and most difficult relationship. I love living there. I find it completely intoxicating. Sometimes it's too much for me. Sometimes I just miss it and I want to be there so bad. And this time it was just clicking for me. I got a great apartment. My group of gay friends were there. I was meeting new friends. I had this job where the 
the creative door was just like, okay, make us cool. That was the only instruction. Um, and so I, you know, I was just trying to do collabs, get us into good stores, partner with new stores. I mean, that brand was so interesting because I opened New York retailers like David Z and the next door Intermix. <laughs> and, you know, it would be like, uh, one of them was just like Nigerian shoe salesmen on headsets <laughs> selling uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Campbell. And that was their model. Yeah. And they sold a ton. And Thank then the you. buyer from Intermix, you know, they sold like us, uh, Chloe, mm-hmm. um, Jill Sander, um, you know, and then Fry was big at that time. So I remember like when they called us and we're like, um, we have a distribution issue. And I was like, oh no. I was like, your customer doesn't shop there. You know, we just undid what all the other brands were doing. So it was like a very mm-hmm. cool girl brand, a mix of stores. And then I stayed there. Wait, was this before or after the Lita? I started, you know, well before the Lita. She just had her 10-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So total, I was at Jeffrey, you know, over five years. And then I left and I opened my own agency for about a year in New York City um, called TMI, which stood for Timic Right Industries or Too Much Information. And so basically it was like <laughs> helping shoe brands process the new information that was coming mm-hmm. down the pipeline. So it was like, what is the new messaging? What is the power of the boutique? What's the power of the specialty business? And Well, I mean, the, the, the most interesting part about the shoe industry is just how, like, garmento-y backwards, like, mm-hmm. how un... Oh, forever. Forever. Yeah, forever. But, but it, I mean, it is, it's literally run by middle-aged men yes. from New Jersey. And so they're really yeah. kind of out of touch mm-hmm. with... Always. Very, yeah. Always. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I think because Jeffrey, like I said, isn't Googleable, mm-hmm. there's no photos of him really, he pushed me to this very front role with the brand. So when I was there, every interview that he ever did was me. I would do them via mm-hmm. phone or email for him. I spoke on the brand's behalf. You know, he trained me on how to build product. So he started taking me to the factory. And I mean, um, he can't sketch either. And neither can I. So he really taught me from a, what's called line building and a product development angle, how to build product. So like I use similar mechanics, like a lot of vintage, a lot of trending, a lot of color analysis, a lot of runway knowledge of what's coming down, but also what was coming down 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You know, what was like, um, I don't know what episode it was, but like what was the mod offshoot mm-hmm. of 90s? And it was Mm -hmm. funny when you guys talked on that because like, you know, I'm doing a lot of 90s silhouettes, but I was like, you know, it wasn't just grunge, Mm -mm. but inside grunge was this mod offshoot, this Hot Topic Girl. So it was funny when you guys brought that up because it's a whole, one of the whole things we've been working on for about a year. She's ready for it. She is. It's our number one shoe. It's our number one shape. So I worked there. I opened my own agency. I left um, that time under kind of odd circumstances, we were a little bit at odds um, when I left Jeffrey at that point. And um, I opened my own office, which I was just wanting to do consulting only for shoe brands. And the first day that I opened, which was the day after my last day at Jeffrey Campbell, he called me and retained me as my first client. <laughs> I knew that was coming. So yeah. <laughs> it was very interesting because I was 
um, let go from there. And um, when you have a job that's so personal and you're given yeah. so much ownership, it was hard. So then when he called me and he was like, it was a part of what, like when you work at one time, to yeah. come and become a part of who you are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I really to, to disassociate. cared yeah. and like, you know, we were really bootstrapping it. I mean, we traveled together for five years. Mm-hmm. Not one instance did I have my own hotel room. That I is mean, close. That is, that is very crazy. Close. Now I would never think of that. Like at the where place where we were, you know, we just, yeah. but I didn't know any other difference. I just thought, okay, we're saving money always. I would rather go to a nice dinner <laughs> than yeah. stay somewhere. Totally. So, and I was so young. So I really learned from him and then he hired me and, you know, so I said, okay, well, what do you want me to do for you? And he was like, well, you know, like what you were doing. So those are the things. And I was like, okay, well, let me write up like a little contract and like a scope of work and send it over to you. (laughs) So I took on five clients that year, um, all in the shoe spectrum. Some were retainer clients, some were projects, a lot of lookbooks. Um, I love styling. Um, It's a lot of work though, but Mm -hmm. I do really love it. Um, And one of my clients was Jeffrey's biggest um, client and they were called soulstruck.com and they were based in Portland and that's how I met Amanda yeah during my Portland time oh, so then I was by coastal that's how you guys met isn't yeah. that funny we 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 met independently of each yes. other which is really interesting yes. because of the industry all of us met each other separately and, and really Ty and Amanda actually. are both kind of outgoing and I am not <laughs> she's a <laughs> The fact that I've stumbled upon upon these two <laughs> speaks 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 volumes of how wonderful they are. <laughs> and yeah, it was by coastal from New York to Portland for five years. Yeah, and and Soulstruck was like the preemptive like like online yeah. destination, particularly if you wanted like I don't know, what do you call it? club club shoes. I don't even know. I mean, when I started, Soulstruck was an e-com platform that was trying to rival, um, you know, Zappos, Shoes.com, Shoe Mall. And that time the internet was a very different place. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, remember like when Al Gore told people that like the internet was evil or that it wasn't going to no. last or whatever, oh my God. you know, and no. people were afraid to shop online. You know, there were people that wouldn't mm-hmm. shop online. Yeah. Like, oh, I put my credit card in this machine. You know? <laughs> what am I going to yeah. do? And so the owner of Soulstruck was a tech person mm-hmm. who was very young. He was younger than me. So it was literally like what brands he could get. He didn't have any industry connects. Who would sell to him? So when I went in, things were not going well, but he really saw this like pattern of traffic and engagement, but the brand matrix really wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. So my first goal was like, get rid of Jessica Simpson, get rid Just of Steve amen. Madden, get yeah. rid of like um, really weird brands because he literally had just taken what he could get. Mm-hmm. So we started doing weird projects um, with Jessica brands. Simpson. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, actually, like Jessica Simpson makes a really good shoe. Yeah. But the brand itself, I mean, it's like a garbage fire. You know, so it was like we took this model of shoes from ninety nine to nine ninety nine. Um, hard. You know, the the criteria was hard to find. Global. Sixty six percent of our business was global working with indie brands to try to give them a platform. So if there was a Danish brand um, who created shoes for their runway show, and maybe they didn't have a chance to sell them online, we would partner with them. So brands like Stina Goya, mm-hmm. um, Mini Market, mm-hmm. which we had huge success with, mm-hmm. of course. That was um, Swedish? 
They're Swedish, yeah. yeah. So what we really needed was a designer brand to let us pick them up. And as you guys both know, that market is hard to crack. Yeah. When you yeah. don't you have, have to it's, have, it's like, it's like getting credit. Like you can't have credit unless you, or you can't get, oh, no, getting ID. You can't have yeah. ID, get ID if you don't have ID. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you're 21, <laughs> yeah. you're 21 and you drink a lot, but you want to be a bartender. Yeah. 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 But you don't have any experience. So you're like, I'm a drunk girl. Like yeah. get me in here. All my friends will come drink your booze. So, um, you know, I just started, you know, you know, I was getting rid of the other brands slowly and then getting, you know, better content images. You were. And Kim and I have a, someone we know from Brooklyn, her name is Lauren and she was the buyer for a shoe store. Do you remember Lauren Durgan? Yeah. So she had an appointment to buy her collection for Rachel Comey. And I was like, oh my God, can I go with you? So I went with her to her appointment and I mean... Everyone who knows me and knows um, brands I love know that I am obsessed with Rachel Comey. Mm. Yeah. It's one of my I favorites. Her, yeah. It's, um, you know, I love the vibe and I reference that similar vibe often. Um, I have a new, a new tiger blazer. You do? Mm-hmm. I'll show you. RC, honey. So I went to her meeting and if you know Rachel Comey shoes, there were three huge styles that set the tone very early. The Mars, mm-hmm. the Hitch, and the pin pal. And you still yeah. see brands copying them. They're like little booties. Booties. Very yeah. Pacific Northwest. Like if you're a Portland clog mom, you have the Mars boot. <laughs> but they're like <laughs> slick. They're like just a little sexier. They're a little sexier. Yeah. The toe shape is cool. Yeah. It's not, yeah. yeah. It's not something that anyone really can recreate for some yeah. reason. And no one had it at that yeah. time. And um, they are flattering and they're mm-hmm. cool and you can they're style them with everything. They're comfortable. You can toss mm-hmm. them on on a 10 speed. Mm-hmm go across the Burnside Bridge. Uh, so <laughs> I went with Ray, I went with Lauren to her meeting and she just said, oh, this is my friend Ty. And, you know, we did her, she did her selection and she wrote her PO. And then the rep was like, okay, well, thank you. I was like, um, I need to write up my order. She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, didn't we tell you? Like, I am actually from a store from Portland. Oh, wait, Lauren was working. Lauren was working at Shoe Market. At Shoe Market. Right. Yeah. Lauren was at Shoe Market. So, yeah, she was doing the buying for shoe market. So the rep was kind of, like, caught off guard. And so I was like, yeah, I just want to write, like, you know. You're just trying to just pass it right underneath. And I just wrote a hefty. I just wrote, like, like a hefty. Just like that Jessica Simpson shit. Yeah. (laughs) I just wrote a hefty order. And they're like, what are the adjacencies? Yeah, exactly. What what do we sit next to? They were like, what brands do you carry? And I was like, next question. (laughs) Um, But I can give you a nice hefty order. We have have Ms. Moo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Jeffrey Campbell, (laughs) uh, Sam Edelman. Um, I knew the brands. I knew the styles that sold really well. And Mm -hmm. so I just wrote a really hefty order. And then... When I gave it to her and signed it, I said, oh, also, um, we only do prepay. Is that okay? And she was like, okay, well, this is like a $20,000 order. And I was like, yeah, I mean, we just we just do prepay with everyone. Yeah. So that, immediately. You just, little, you'd basically turn into like yeah. some sort of like foreign entity. It doesn't matter. It doesn't You're exist. online. It's the wild, wild west. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this rep was like, okay. A week later, I emailed and I said, hi, I'd like to put a deposit down on our order, which no one ever offers to do. And that was how we got Just our first butter that bread brand. <laughs> and that turned into a huge relationship yeah. for us. And at one point we were doing like, you know, 14 colors of the Mars boot and 
people started finding us because she did not have a website. Yeah. Right. So that led to the opening of Acne mm-hmm. um, was a really big one that we got. Um, Yoji, right. Jeremy Scott, which was more in our wheelhouse of like mm-hmm. kooky. But then, you know, picking up these weird global international brands. Yeah, it was a destination. Fence, yeah, was yeah a I remember Finn's yeah, for so us. They had like the wooden soles yeah, that were like amazing shapes. And She's an architect. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. But the high collection brands from Finsk are maybe not wearable. Yeah. Um, it's F-I-N-S-K if yeah. you want to Google it. But we would sell them. And I think 66% of our business being global. So it's like, okay, well, we just sold, you know, eight pairs of shoes to Dubai. You know, it's like yep. tapping into these weird shoe niches. And, yeah. niches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my role shifted there into launching our three in-house brands. So I started hiring people for different roles and offloading my work onto them and then having them help me develop our brand voice. And then these three brands. So we had three brands um, that we made. And oh, you had private label brands, shoe mm-hmm. brands that you made that you yeah. were selling. Okay. So we would sell them on our site, but we also wholesaled them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them the one that I worked the most on was called TBA. Um, oh, yeah. I yeah. remember that. Very similar to what I do now. Definitely. It's the most similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a brand called Yes, which was yen, euro, dollar sign. And right. she was that Jeffrey girl. It was like, yeah. Right. Fun for print on print. like Bold statement bold shoes. Bold statement shoe. $129 uh-huh. and under. You know, and it's, Soulstruck was really this the only shoe only site for really fun shoes. For really fun oh, shoes. yeah, totally. When Soulstruck was gone, there was nowhere yeah. to find shoes. Yeah. Like it was really sad. It was sad. It's still hard to find cool shoes. Yeah, under one roof. Um, yeah, it's hard. Oh yeah, for sure. Because no, no, like multi-brand retailer is doing that. No, at all. I mean, Wait, hold I on always... a second. I need to open up my can of liquid death now oh my god what are they paying you (laughs) (laughs) you're like oh i gotta murder my third ty's having one too when you open it it's like (laughs) (laughs) oh wait hold on let me me take a picture of you ty with your your oh my god they're paying you aren't they (laughs) they're 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 hilariously not but they should uh they got all that startup money come on yeah. yeah, I know they did. They did get all that stuff. Yeah, they, some of that can go in my pocket. Exactly. Um, I love a pocket full of money. So yeah, Soulstruck was this amazing opportunity. <laughs> um, I'm sure you guys have had, and I know you guys met through a through a job mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those jobs where my coworkers were so wild and so tight. We were such close friends. Fun. Even the one that I hated, I still kind of like her. <laughs> like we're just close, <laughs> and like. We still, I mean, COVID has interrupted it, but we do a trip together every year. We meet up. Really? Um, it was such a weird place to work and tiny, That's and like, everyone thought it was really big. And that was that was in Portland. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, it was in an industrial park yeah. outside yeah, Portland. Yeah, exactly. Just to just to be it clear, was like, Wait, I mean, Tiger. But Amanda, you weren't at Soulstruck. I interviewed at Soulstruck. That's how I met Ty, and we just yeah, fell in love with each other. Oh, I didn't get the job, obviously. Right. I, I, I'm trying to remember what year that was. I want to say it was like, uh, it was just when the Lita had emerged yeah. in the market because I bought a pair like right when they came out. So I yeah. want to say it was like 2010. So, you know, 
that experience was really wild. The owner was very um, forward because he wasn't a fashion person. So a yeah. lot of testing. And I think we were trying things that were really young at that time for web with like capturing data and email and email marketing and yeah. Facebook and acquisition. We worked with a lot of influencers, which was our huge platform. So we, I remember we were the first paid advertiser on Fashion Toast. Um, Rumi, Rumi Neely, she was one of the very wow. earliest bloggers. Mm. We started our banner ad at $70 a month. And of course she had a trade allowance with us. And then we finally tapped out two years later when her banner ads were $7,000. Wow. And we just had, you know, our competitors were really interesting because there was no shoe site doing it. So it was like, we competed with Nasty Gal. We competed with Karma Loop. We competed with Urban Outfitters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was really just Zappos, which was like a much different monster. And we were much indier. So it was crazy. And mm-hmm. we scaled and grew a lot. You know, 2010 was the year of the Lita, which really set us on the map, mm-hmm. which is the most iconic Jeffrey Campbell shoe. Mm-hmm. We had 40 colors. Yeah, I mean, how many iterations? For men's, women's, a lot of iterations. And, you know, that set us on the map a lot with um, the shoe obsessed. I mean, if, for anyone that doesn't know the Lita that we just keep re- referring to, can you just describe it? The Lita is a booty. I mean, if you go to any MAC cosmetics counter today, you can still see someone wearing it. <laughs> yeah, somehow they're still wearing yeah. them. I don't understand. Are they dead stock? No, they still sell, they still sell it on their site. They still make it. Um, so it's a very heavy front, front platform booty in black with seams and corset lacing. Super notoriously comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, very comfortable. Very comfortable. Lightweight. Looks like a clunker, but she's lightweight. And it is inspired by a boot called the Dungeon Boot oh by God. a little-known designer whose name is Charles Anastasia. Yeah. Um, their version is much cooler, but mm, less commercial. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really a serious boot. Like, But this, the Lita became a vehicle to put it in all these different like prints and patterns and yeah. colors and materials. It was spiked. It was, yep. it has had every, I mean, at one point her heel was like lucite and filled with doll heads. Yes. I mean, it was like, yeah. wild, That's, wild you think thing. that was the wildest one was the lucite doll head one. I think that there was light up ones also yeah. uh-huh. uh, men's. We sold a ton mm-hmm. of men's. That is amazing. Men. It's a nice like four and a half inch heel. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a high shoe. So I stayed at Soulstruck and we rode the Jeffrey train. We did our own brand. I was challenged and offered the opportunity of taking those brands to wholesale. Um, You know, I had the contacts and I knew the trade show circuit. So I did that. And I stayed there for just over five years. I moved to Los Angeles in 2014. And of course, I still had to commute to Portland. So on my first month in LA, I commuted to Portland. I was let go from my job at soulstruck.com. And... um, it was really a blessing, but it was also a very yeah. difficult time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, yeah. um, to be fair, I did bring it on myself, but um, that's also probably for the best. So I knew it was coming. I just kind of pushed a few like last minute buttons. 
<laughs> I just left with a giant hair flip and my laptop. Yeah. I then, after a small cloud of legal dust, launched intentionally blank. So I decided to stay here in Los Angeles because I had just moved and I had no contacts to speak of here really. And I just had these Google Docs with these ideas that I had about this brand of basically what I had learned at Soulstruck. I am not a person that loves stuff on everything. I don't love studs and spikes and glitter mm -hmm. for myself personally. And I, not your friends aren't really that either. Your friends are. Yeah, no. I like it a little more minimal. I don't mm -hmm. mind a sense of irony, like a kooky shape mm -hmm. or something funny or unexpected color. But I really just saw this niche in the market, which was staying in the mid market, being a tiny bit price point above these four brands that run the middle market, which is Jeffrey Campbell, Sam Edelman, mm -hmm. Steve Madden, Dolce Vita, I would say are the main culprit. Oh my God. I haven't thought of Dolce Vita in so long. Dolce Vita. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me happy yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have their time. Yeah. You know, I feel like they were at the yes. same time Jeffrey Campbell mm -hmm. was coming up. They're owned by Steve Madden now. Oh, um, interesting. So it's a contemporary, a contemporary price point, usually around yeah. 200, 150 to 200. Yes. Months. Um, leather. A lot of it's made in Spain. It's quality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really good quality. So I wanted to just bridge the gap. So it was like, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with these brands. There's, there's are amazing brands who have legged up shoe pun intended, legged up through <laughs> the industry to carve out major department store business. And, you know, Dolce Vita used to have stores and Jeffrey yeah. is like a global brand. But what I saw was like, there was no one, just one tiny price point above them, but yeah. with a point of view. Totally. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I try to balance out. And what's that point of view? Well, it's like, I don't want to just watch the runway shows yep. and be the quickest to deliver a Celine version. Yeah. Good. And I'm not trying to talk trash about that because if it's your model and you stand by it and it's, it's got to exist brand, somewhere. Yeah. Someone's going to do it. So I just know I can't compete with those brands. So what I saw was like, okay, I love vintage. I do love experiencing what comes down the runway. But then what I really love is a normal gal. Yeah. I am from a small town. I love a normal gal. Yeah. I like walking. And we love you for loving us. So <laughs> finally we're seen. Finally. You know, I finally. set out to take this experience with these mid-tier brands that I knew. And then my appreciation of this next group of brands that were well above it. So I'm talking like um, Miriam, a Miriam Nasir, Zade, yeah. a Rachel Comey. Uh -huh. um, you know, they weren't out at this time, but like LOQ. Yeah. And I love these brands because yeah. they each offer something different, you know, and they stick to it. So I thought, okay, I can take what I learned in the mid-tier. So there can be fun. I don't have to be so serious. There can be some irony. I can bump it up a little bit and then kind of go after this minimal gal who like, She's being ignored. She's being at that ignored price point. at that price point. Yeah. So I just thought I'll try it and I'll, I had all the contacts. Um, so I did have, unfortunately, like a tiny um, non-compete in my contract at Soulstruck. Mm -hmm. And once that all was settled, um, I had That's already right. made the first collection yeah. by the time my lawyer had that. Nice. So I just flew to the factory and I just 
I don't know. I just, I had nothing to lose. I didn't know what was going to work. I just said, Hey, I've made you like a lot of money with these other jobs. Can I get a few samples? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they just said, yes. And they just said, yeah, like, let's do it. And I said, I'm in Europe. Can I just come over? Mm -hmm. We made the samples. And I said, you know, I'm going to give you a few orders that are um, experts, which your listener might not know because it's an industry term. Mm -hmm. So that's where if I sold the shoes to free people, free people pays the factory Mm -hmm. and the shoes fly from the factory into free people's warehouse and free people is the importer. I acted as the agent. Mm -hmm. So what that allowed me to do was get some quick money, show the factory that I could get them work. And then they would pay me a percentage of sales. So I wouldn't get any paycheck or anything, but you know, if I sold a thousand units of shoes, you know, I would get 5% of the sales Mm -hmm. or 10 or something. And that's how it started. And then I made my first collection, which was very tiny. And I went to a, trade show. Wait, do you still produce some of the styles that you were, were from the original yes. collection? My what what percentage one, do you think? My number one selling shoe is from the first collection. We'll ask you that. about that a little bit. Oh, Yeah, just tell me. I, I'm trying okay, to I'm guess, I have a guest myself. But I know God. exactly what it is, yeah. but I'm... she's called the Honcho. I knew it! I knew it! Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that shoe my is number classic. One it is so good. Yeah. And I just find, we just got a restock uh, today, I think, on the site. It just never really trended, and it never had untrended. Yeah. yeah. It's a square toe biker mule. It's real comfy. So I use memory foam. In the office, we kind of joke that it's like, every English teacher in the United States <laughs> owns this shoe. <laughs> so it's like a little school marmy. Yeah. You know, um, I've probably done it in 20 colors at this point. Um, I've tried other versions on the construction. I've tried... What do you think resonates so much? I mean, obviously the comfort. It's but, comfort. But the thing is, is you don't even really talk about, no one really no. talks about comfort on the site. Nobody knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't so maybe it's like word of mouth. the comfort brand. Um, I think that the square toe, it has a very, very blunt square toe, makes it just edgy enough. Mm-hmm. The shape is clog adjacent. So it does fit that school marm, Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. But I mean, I see it on the street more than I see any of my other I shoes. I see it on the street. And I see it a lot. And I've tried to stop running it because I'm tired of it sometimes. Yeah. But she keeps the lights on. She's a classic. She keeps the lights on. She she's, pays she's the bills. classic. And I mean, I feel like, do, do you think it resonates with people because they have seen it and they, it really kind of, if you wear it, it means that you support independent brands and it's a really cool one. I think that now and people get it. It has a little bit of cachet. Mm-hmm. I think cachet. it also has a really good name. Yeah. The honcho. <laughs> the, honcho. Yeah. Um, the honcho is like, obviously no one knows the honcho is like a gay porn magazine. I was thinking um, head honcho. Yeah. But yeah. Similar head honcho. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just has a great name. It's a little bit badass. It's wearable. You can literally wear it with yeah, you can. Um, super versatile. Super versatile. So, you know, that's our number one shoe. And it has like a grunge thing too that's yeah. been trending, like low-key trending for literally 10 years. Yeah. Maybe more. I mean, and I just think it's like a cool girl basic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we've been in this minimalism time for a while mm-hmm. and it it fits that vibe. You know, it can be like whatever you yeah. want it to be. Who yeah. Are you cool? It's like minimal you can make it work, you know? or maximal. Yeah, yeah. You can wear yeah. whatever you want I think it, it. it's like exactly in that sweet spot. And have a heel. 
People like to have a a comfortable, chunky heel get a little low heel. Mm -hmm. You know, I have seen it worn for a wedding shoe, like an outdoor wedding, like a boho wedding. Nice. In bone. I've seen it worn, you know, pretty much everything. Some celebs have worn it. Mm -hmm. Abby Jacobson has a pair. I've seen her wear it in interviews Mm. from Broad City. So cool. And I think there's like, there are a few shoes, like the number six clog booty. Yes. You know, the honcho. There are a few shoes from each brand yeah. that you see and you're like, oh yeah, like, okay, that's, you know. Epitomizes the brand. Yeah. So yeah. that shoe has been a blessing in the sense that it just keeps going. I'm sorry. Um, I totally stopped. You were, you were, you were going along your, your path to intentionally blame greatness yeah i mean that's <laughs> I how i started i started yeah. the first trade show yeah. in las vegas which is you know a really good place to start because it's the saddest mm-hmm. place in the world it, extra oh, sad now gosh las vegas yeah. trade show that could yeah. not mean yeah that definitely resonates um i i love a 19 dollar salad but not when it's from a trade show um <laughs> vendor yeah <laughs> and it's like chicken caesar yeah, yeah. that question mark. Yeah. It's like your fourth, your fourth Vegas trade show. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they're all back to back. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, my very first client who submitted a purchase order to me was soulstruck.com. Of course. So that was really kind of a full circle moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't leave on terrible terms, but it was really gratifying to have them stock mm-hmm. um, the honcho in the first collection. It is. Um, so that was fun. And, um, I opened to a pretty warm reception in the industry, which was really lucky. It was, like you said, an underserved market. Everyone had just been putting studs and lucite and yeah. shit and everything on top of shoes. And it was like, all of a sudden it was like, it, people were like, oh, does this come in other colors? And I was like, yes, bone. <laughs> like black and bone. That's what needed to, needed to happen though, because I do think around that time we'd hit this point of like shoe maximalism mm-hmm. and Overnight, it was like a, someone flipped a switch. It was Lady Gaga. Yeah. yeah. And it you, was like all, all Lady Gaga all the time. You could never wear those shoes again unless you were a burlesque yeah. dancer. Like it was over for yeah. you. You know? And I mean, even Gaga did a pivot. That uh-huh. was when she went quick to glam. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, she toned it down. You know, she still, you know, yeah. the details, but she wasn't wearing the meat dress. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She right. was wearing a different right. um, look, this very like runway prepped. Yeah. Um, you know, few Pete celebs have done that better than like a Courtney Love. Yeah. I love that Gaga time. And there was just these brands that popped up mm-hmm. and I was one of them. And I think because I was very lucky, right time, right place. And um, I had the contacts. So I was able to say to people, I mean, when people ask me and when I speak maybe to design students or when I speak somewhere, people always ask me like, what is your biggest recommendation for starting a brand? And after I tell people not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Do I it. say... <laughs> really like my network yeah yeah like, has able to push mm-hmm. me through so when I call people and said hey I just have this brand can you see me or you know when there were stores that I really wanted to sell I'd be like hey I know you sell to assembly or I know you sell to um this store Mohawk General could you get me an appointment and people really were cheering for me mm-hmm. to do well and it literally was my network that got that first yep. season of orders and at the end of the season, when I was like adding them up, I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay. Like I'm launching a shoe brand. Like yeah. I got orders. And then I was like, how am I going to pay for this production? You know, I don't have a lot of business acumen and that's something I'm continually becoming more and more okay with. And I'm also cultivating what I can. Yeah. But 
higher what note. I, you know, what I do have and what I have learned through therapy and working is that I have something that you can't pay for. And I believe that. And it's, I believe that mm-hmm. I have been blessed with the talent and that this network of people who believe in what I do. And I want to do the best version of that. And I just feel like I have been given an opportunity and it's been really interesting, difficult, eye-opening, but I wouldn't really change it, even the little points. And so that brings me to where I am now. I mean, I am six years. Um, Has it been six years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So six years from start to now. COVID has been not the friendliest gal, but it hasn't been terrible because I've learned a lot. I'm now just at one retail location, so I closed one of my stores, but I'm calling it a temporary closure because I will have a store in LA again. It's just Mm -hmm. something I really believe in. I like the shopping Mm -hmm. landscape in LA. I think it's really interesting. I hope that stores can rebound because I think the West side has really good stores. The East side has really iconic stores. Downtown was developing a cool shopping thing. And um, I really want to have a store in LA. So I put a pause on the LA store and we have a new store in Hudson, New York, which is my new favorite project. It's amazing. Hudson, New York. Yeah. I love, I mean, and and, and that was planned actually before the pandemic even happened and just how incredible of a plan that was. I know. I did something right for once. You did something right. Um, I just, I think that you guys have touched on it in previous episodes. I just knew that LA wasn't for me. I had lived in New York. I had lived in Portland. Um, I just thought at this age I'm at, I really want something different. Um, I want something rural adjacent to a Mm -hmm. big city but I don't want to live somewhere like rural that's like backwards I want to live somewhere rural with some kind of cosmopolitan leaning yeah so I just started doing research so it was like is that a Joshua tree you know is that a Hudson New York Kingston New York and I just started researching the shopping landscape and you know what I could offer into a retail market and I landed on Hudson. Um, a lot of people still don't know about it. It's a bedroom. I would say it's a bedroom community of New York City. It's 90 minutes on the Amtrak. So the train stops four blocks from my store. There's one street yeah. for shopping. Wait, and, and I do want to ask you more about shoe trends and what's happening, but what are the trends in Hudson, New York? Well, Hudson, <laughs> Hudson New, York, New York is in and of itself the largest trend in Hudson. Yes, it actually is. You're totally uh, right. So it's a being in Hudson is a trend. Oh yes, so on trend. Uh, trending on mm-hmm. Instagram. <laughs> um, it you know everyone has moved there from the city. Yeah. Um, so the real estate market mm-hmm. is completely dried up. When I work in the store, which isn't too often, but I do get to go into the store and work, we get the same questions. So it's like, where are the swimming holes? Which you know, if you're a local, <laughs> honey, you know. Cold. If you're visiting the exactly. city, you have to find these on your own. I'm not going to be sharing um, that information. You know, right now it's apple season. So mm-hmm. you go up and go apple picking. Uh, um, yeah. It is rural. It is under 10,000 people. On the weekends, of course, it swells. It's breathtakingly beautiful there. It it's almost, I just, 
It feels so lucky. It's just so weird. And you've got wineries all over that place too, right? They have what? Wineries. There's some wineries. Mm -hmm. Um, there's um, other towns that yeah. have their own DNA and their own thing going Woodstock on. Woodstock is really close. So Catskill, yeah. Saugerties, Germantown, oh. um, Kingston, which is maybe the most, um, I guess I would say, That's gentrified. Definitely. Kingston is where it's right out of the city. Oh, okay. um, it's mm. just a little bit different. There's a cool shopping scene there. Yeah. Um, since I've been in Hudson, some other stores have opened. Yeah. Um, some brands who have their own storefronts are there, which is really great. Nikki Chasen, who's a great brand, have moved her store from the Lower East Side. Like-Minded Objects is one of my favorite stores Ooh, on the block. What's that? Um, if you see it, you'll know it. She's okay. a furniture designer. Cool. And she makes these um, textile and denim chairs out of tubes. Mm. Um, she's also famous for this mirror that she makes with the profile of a face. She has a beautiful store on the street, um, Loop NYC. L O O P, who's famous for a jumpsuit, and um, we sell in a lot of the same account. So she is there. Um, so it's cool. There's just this elevated shopping experience. So cool, um, like mine in the middle of the country. So what's great yeah. is the people who come. Their coin purse is from Manhattan. Yeah. So they have the weekend mm -hmm. to spend, and there's not a lot else to do. Yeah. So it's been great. We're selling a lot of stuff. I'm learning a lot about having a higher traffic store, which I've never had before, where you have a lot of people in during the course of a day. I've always had a little bit mm -hmm. of semi-destination stores um, do, do basically yeah. to like cost, cost of mm -hmm. rent or what I could afford. So this is a great thing because I, I do have, you have a target audience when you come there, getting brunch is one of the things you do. Going to like Art OMI, which is... Um, definitely worth a Google. It's an art installation park. Um, you know, Olana House is there, which is a famous landmark house. We'll have to, you'll have to, to, to make a list for us yeah. of like all the hot spots I in can. Hudson. You can post uh, And the fishing holes, please. Yes, the swimming holes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Swimming holes. holes. I'm so sorry. The PF, yes. P, the the PFG. Um, Performance fishing <laughs> gear that's trending. Exactly. Also, one thing that was important to me when I chose to relocate, and I think I'm at an age where I know like what my non-negotiables are, and one of them is just like I need a homosexual. Mm -hmm. And Hudson has a huge gay community. Yeah. They, the gays really started this street. Um, a bunch of gays moved there when it was boarded up and started these antique stores and these furniture stores and it became known for that. And originally, I think, um, you know, as folklore goes, it was just four of them. And they were had stores in the city, but it was cheaper for them to come up, source everything, and they needed, you know, a place to store it. But eventually, it was just cheaper to have a retail space than why have a warehouse. Yeah. And then, of course, people in Manhattan heard. And it's like... It became a destination. It's a destination. When you live in the city, when you live in L.A., when you live in, you know, Philly, what do you want to do on the weekend? You want to get out of there. And then the Olsen twins followed, and yes. it became this huge... I remember. I remember going... And a lot like, of the Olsen people, twins were sitting next to us at breakfast. Yeah. A lot of people live there. Like, uh, yeah. you know, restaurateurs. And there's mm. a really famous restaurant there that I really love called Little Deb's. Mm. Little Deb's. And, you know, it's like a queer space, and it's super forward, and it's women-owned. But then the food is like bananas, you know? It's like you're in the middle of this tiny town, but the food scene is crazy. And the produce, you know, Hudson Valley produces yeah. a lot of the food. So I'm very happy. We're on, um, you know, I wasn't able to open the store right away. 
So I think that we're on the fourth month or the third month. Um, it's been very well received and it's been really fun to have this opportunity to be in a community that's small where people feel safe and like they want to go out and do a little shopping. Awesome. Yeah. Well, to pivot a little bit in a little bit deeper into trends, you know, can you tell us a little bit about what's trending now, at least for you or what you're seeing around the shoes? Yeah. I mean, we are in a little bit of a, it's weird. I know the shoe space. Yeah. And that's that's, that's why we're super fascinated to hear what's, Um, what you're seeing. I, I can tie it into kind of my backstory. So when I went to Soulstruck um, in 2008, Oh gosh, 2008. So of course, she's the Great Depression of our era. Yes, and we were trending so hard going into that. We were really upticking. We weren't a thing yet. It wasn't Lita time yet, but we were gaining speed. And so the owner and I just had a mm-hmm. talk, and it was like, "Well, what are we going to do? Like, what's the buying strategy?" And I was overseeing a lot of the buying at that point. And um, we were like, "If she already has a black flat, she's going to wear it." Let's give her a reason to buy. Let's Mm -hmm. give her a new shape, a new silhouette, a new brand, and then educate her on how to style it, how to wear it, and why it's okay. Yeah. So it really worked. So my philosophy is I am not going to pivot my brand and just start making pool slides. I am not that gal. (laughs) Please don't. And I am seeing some resistance this season in my wholesale selling to like my mid heels and like what I do. It's like a wear it to a wedding. It's like a right. off a shoe. She's cool. All she things that you don't do right now. So I'm yeah. seeing a little resistance in my orders, but I really 100% believe. I mean, I know what inspired the Roaring Twenties. Yeah. When we pivot oh, it's out coming. of this, it's gonna, it's gonna. Even I am probably gonna go to a club. Honey, I don't go out. I like to stay at home. <laughs> but I'm probably going to want to swing the bag a little bit. Yeah. Get sweaty. Yeah. And you're going to um, need to look for that, too. So I have been very inspired by Amanda has touched on this before. Mm-hmm. This. If you guys if you guys haven't noticed, Ty is an avid listener yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> I feel like I'm calling like, um, Delilah or something. Like, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I mean, I, he's like really getting on my mm-hmm. good side right now. Cause I'm like, wow, Ty really, yeah. me, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the things have been so funny. Cause I'm like texting Amanda. I'm like, Hey, I've been working on this and you just referenced it. So this mod trend, you know, and it's, it's oh, a new, it. a new take on yeah. it, of course. Mm-hmm. So we launched a shoe. It's called the Albany. Oh, love. Um, that. I know I sent that shoe to Amanda. In, in the pink and she's oh, like, yes. like oh, she's yeah. still on my size <laughs> yeah it's so good and it's a closed up <sighs> Oxford yeah um, inspired by the 90s it it's is so good it's a school marm shoe where um, is this yeah but when that shoe was our number one shoe in May and June in summer in a pandemic right. I was like okay <laughs> where are you wearing it why aren't you buying a sandal yeah and so, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of my retailers canceled their orders this season. And I received like a 200 pair cancel of the Albany. And she just shot into my number one spot because I had the inventory. Yep. I had the sizes. Mm-hmm. I would never. No have one else had it. That many pairs in spring yeah. because it's not a spring shoe. It's a transitional yeah. shoe. So right now it's when it's selling. And of course, right now it is selling. So this kind of mod, I love. Um, I'm not afraid 
to say it. I'm also not afraid to reference that I really love dumpier silhouettes. Definitely. I love heavy silhouettes. You like, the mo- like a mom shoe. Yeah. I love a dumpy shoe. And I mean, I I'm wearing a dumpy shoe. You know, the wrong outfit can be made by the right shoe. And mm-hmm. I think um, mm-hmm. I love women who really know where sexy comes from. Like, I don't make sexy shoes, but I make shoes that are for, like, a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Because I think personal style is sexy. So I think mm-hmm. confidence is sexy. Yeah. And so it's like, you don't have to wear a stiletto that's killing your knees. But also you can Ugh. if you want. Definitely. But good for you. I'm yeah, actually kind of jealous. Your look, I can't do it. But yeah, a lot of my friends want to walk or mm-hmm. they have kids. Yeah. Or they want to just like um, be at a bar and then you know everyone say, when we could go to bars. Yeah. And then say, oh, there's a new place down the street and it's two blocks. We can walk there. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I love this kind of mod silhouette. I'm doing some other versions that are less literal and literal your cow trend the cow trend yeah because i've seen so, that i've seen that in other I will references say that i was very lucky to be early on that I'm cow trend early, yeah. um last year <laughs> so it's, like a, it's a cow high print it's like the holstein yeah, holstein print print so i delivered it in june of 2019 to sell a cow shoe in june you know obviously it was like a festival where did you who picked it up um, free people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, cute. Free okay. people picked it up. Mm-hmm. Festival, right? Yeah. So you know. if, if you guys don't know this, um, generally festival time period is in the springtime, like yeah. in like in like April. April, May, June. April, May. Yeah. Coachella, Bonnaroo, Stagecoach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. I feel like Dolls Kill is going to go out of business from like a year of no festivals. Yeah. Like. Their business was entirely based on year-round festival and, and clubbing. Is there a thing? What's plur? What's and plur. Like, um, electronic. <laughs> is that what it's... Please love, unity, and mm-hmm. respect. Whoa. Okay, see, so you learn everything, something <laughs> every day. Not a raised gal over Not here. at all. <laughs> I mean... No, um, no. So, yeah, I am doing a few things to try to embrace what's going on. Um, so, I am launching our first ever sneakers... So, Stop. Whoa. Where are they being produced? I'm Crazy. producing them in Spain. Sneakers in Spain so, and okay. vulcanized. I mean, I wanted to go with a non-athletic approach to sneakers. Interesting. So I worked with um, Jessica from Company of Strangers. Jessica yeah, Simpson? Jessica oh. Simpson, who I already told you I love. <laughs> just um, If you know her brand, she had a she has a now defunct brand that I also love called The Palantine. Mm-hmm. And you can Google mm, her. So okay. I reached out to her, and she's a consultant, and I said, I don't know anything about sneakers. I very seldom even wear a sneaker. I love a cowboy boot and a very heavy sandal. Those are my two looks. Um, would you be willing to work on this with me? So she worked on it with me, and I really was able to explain to her what I wanted, which was this lifestyle sneaker, which we saw a lot in the nineties, like a heavy soul, mm-hmm. um, kind of like an opening ceremony vibe, mm-hmm. this chunkier base. You know, I don't really just want to go after like a Balenciaga dad sneaker mm-hmm. um, vibe or like the Bila. Are you talking about the, like the hook, the hookah, the hookah one? It's just more of like a shoe, you know, it's more, oh. it's less, um, it's athletic. not sneaky. It's not sneaker. Yeah. Okay. It's not athletic. It's not athletic. Uh, and so we really came up with a hybrid. Oh, it's model. so fascinating. Um, okay. So I'm excited to see if they get booked by consumers. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you that, of course, all of my deliveries are late for yeah. all, yeah. as is everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, but what I can tell you, my advice 
is if there is any buyers out there listening who are reacting, we are in a boot season. It is a boot season. Oh, definitely. I have even found myself like going for boots yeah. now. Like I've yeah. I've had it with comfort, summer shoes, sandals, slides. Like I can't take it anymore. And I think boot or booty, are you talking about boots. like like tall? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anything that I brought in on pre-fall, mm-hmm. which is not a season that I actually do. Um, so when some of my customers who are a little bit more specific with their dates are like, we can't receive fall in August, we need oh, it in July. So, yeah. so I have to make special deliveries um, to those um, Pennsylvania accounts. Oh, no, I, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> for them. So um, I just tacked on. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, okay, I'll just like 24, you know, whatever. Of course, the cow boot is pumping. My boots in July, I was way underbought. Because I think it's what Amanda just said. We've been in a sneaker. We've been in a slide. When fall comes, we can't wear a slide unless you Mm -hmm. live in LA. And you're over Um, it. And people are ready. They're over it. Is it more utility? Because I've seen on the runways a lot of like kind of this welly boot utility lug sole thing. So that's coming directly from Bottega. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a huge thing. Of course, I mean, I'm doing some of it. Sport utility sport utility Chelsea yeah. sport utility it's like a wearable boot so she has an elastic there's no laces it she can go on. out and milk the cow yeah or um, she can go pop down and pick up brunch it's very like Laura mm-hmm. Croft Tomb Raider yes so um, yeah it is it's really wearing your armor because you're yes. going out into the world and, and they dangerous. slip on so there yeah. is still kind of this lazy fashion feature which and I you can run if the zombies oh, come you could run for the apocalypse. The zombie apocalypse. <laughs> or if they reopen the Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can really trot. Um, so that <laughs> is something. You got to get your, your, um, oh, what? Your oh, minty frap. Oh, oh, no, I was going to say your, your pumpkin spice yeah, latte. I'm a protein bottle. Mm. I just think that <laughs> boots, it's exactly because of what Amanda said. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm bored. Yeah, our feet mm-hmm. aren't used to being in shoes anymore. People are working from home. They're barefoot all day. And you still have to wear a so shoe. We're selling, yeah, yeah, we're selling a boot right now that's called um, the Drew. Mm-hmm. It's water-resistant suede, mm-hmm. a new technology Ooh. from Spain. They are under $200 for made in Spain. So there's some value there for the oh. consumer. It's a platform, which is not a shape I've been selling. It's the D-R-U-E. Boot. It's online. I'm looking it up right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm looking it um, up. And I think also the white one nods to this mod thing that's happening oh. um, in that 90s. Oh, the true. 90s way. There it is. Oh, yeah, totally. So, this is perfect. Um, I'm going for a lot of color because the I feel like that's going to be what happens when she mm-hmm. comes out of this. Oh, we've got a lot of it. The Marlo, too. And then Marlo is the sister companion, and she is a, my only vegan boot. She's a vegan. Um, which is something I'm getting into as customers find our brand and feel like they're left out. Yeah. Um, trying um, to source from actual vegan mm-hmm. factories. So I'm using all, I'm, I'm not a vegan, um, but I want to use the specific glues and the findings that um, align with vegan principles. So I've been able to find a vegan factory now. And while, of course, I'm not going to become a vegan brand, I want to have some options. Yeah, absolutely. And the, yeah, absolutely. So the we have a batch of boots too. coming out this week. And this purple can yeah, color. Boom. Pop. So boots, I would say get your vintage boots out, get them resold, mm-hmm. um, update them, toss on an ankle harness, 
a chain around the ankle, but buy a statement boot this season. What about men? I mean, men is hard. Um, we offer men's mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really go after a consumer who is completely underserved, um, which is a fashion for less mm. consumer. It's hard for a man yeah. to get something under $500 it is. from a fashion brand. So I went with a kind of whimsical, mm-hmm. um, something shocking about me is that I'm homosexual. What? When were you going to tell us? It's just coming out. I'm sponsored by Ooh. Liquid Death. Um, they're sponsoring my pride float. Murder your thirst. Yeah. Murder yeah. your straight self. So I love this new sensibility that I think has been brought on by the pandemic is Mm. that men are becoming more open. It's like talking about giving to charity, talking about being depressed, talking about being sad, Mm -hmm. um, talking that it's okay that like, oh, actually I've been shut in my house with my wife for three months. I don't actually like her. Like I have feelings too as men. So I think in fashion, we're going to see a little more of what's going on with the gender gender fluidity. And so I really want to produce these shoes that aren't for sneakerheads because I don't want to compete. In that market. Yeah, that also, market is saturated. And it him. sucks, just saying that. And <laughs> I just love when men love getting dressed, whether you're yeah. straight, mm-hmm. whether you're thin, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't either. Mm-hmm. Um, so my cow print men's shoes, of course, were the best. Um, Those you know, are real. I yeah. am, my personal take for men is like, I love a sandal. I love a man's sandal. Mm-hmm. I love a mandal. Mm-hmm. You uh, yeah you've done mandals mm-hmm. many mandals yeah. do you think are you going to be doing any more men's shoes coming yeah in the fall? I'm yeah. working on some more Great. men's shoes yeah and what are the trends there I'm going 90s so like bowler um, the monkey boot you know engineer styles and a, I'm from a farm so I'll be yeah. a little western I mean I think definitely utility shoes will utility. probably be mm-hmm. be crossing all borders um, do you have any other other core styles. Besides that honcho that you're yeah. talking about? We have, the you know, Albany is new. So I would say Albany is what I would consider new core. So yeah. let's see if it can go for a year, which is when I really consider them core. Yeah. Um, Willow is my puffy sandal. It. I was very early to the square toe sandal trend. Ah, uh, the square toe mm-hmm. sandal. Yeah. Yes. I think I'm on the third year. And you can just, I mean, Amanda and Kim know. It's like there is a thing in the middle of yeah. It does take a little bit of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. You know, this year when I was like, oh, I want to stop running the willow, the person who manages my inventory was like, are you an idiot? Like, look at the clicks. We still sell it. She's still trending. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of seeing it because now it's, you know, yeah. from everywhere. But a willow is good for us. The luck boot is a boot that I run year round. Do you see any overarching trends? I, it's obviously that square toe, that 90s yeah. aesthetic. Square toe, for sure. I mean... So 90s. It's just so, so 90s. 90s. I mean, if you literally Google, like, Willow. Yeah, there it is. I'm working on new stuff. So it's like, I'm just Googling, like, Bongo. Yeah. And, if, you know, if you yeah. both, you know that brand, you know the new brand, uh, well, it's not new, but 80s. It's spelled like E, help me out here, Kim. E T Y S. Yeah, I guess that is 80s. Yeah. There it is. It is. So if you pull them up, it's literally like every, so just go to their shoes. It's every shoe from Delia's catalog 
Oh yeah. It is every bongo. Amanda, shoe. this is this is an Amanda special. <laughs> E-Y-T-Y-S. I mean <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like um John Fluval. Yeah, oh my god. Like, you would wear it with like a mud jean. <laughs> I just like, said the magic words to Amanda. Jean Blue. <laughs> no, no, those are not like the sexy, happy magic words. I, because you know, there's still a John Fluvog sh- store in Portland. No. And so you still see people wearing these just incredibly hideous, oh. pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean, they're they they great these shoes. <laughs> They with are. their like whack, with their wacky colored tights, he loves and, that and weird their heel. Mm-hmm. Just, and yeah, it's always the weird heel. Yeah. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> I hate seeing it. Eighties is a brand that I love. I think they're super on this like nineties trend. Mm-hmm. Um, they play really well with gender, which I think is really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, the clothing is interesting. The clothing too. is interesting. Um, I just think it's interesting. Oh yeah, and it's fun and it seems really light and fresh again. Mm-hmm. Any other brands that you think are doing something cool? I mean, Paloma Wool. Always. Always. Love Paloma Wool. Always. I mean, do I, I get love- a little jealous? A little bit. <laughs> I think we trend on the same consumer yeah. base. So, Oh, my God, for sure. I, for sure. You, the same you know, consumer. I'm like a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what it's called? I love oh, it. But sometimes yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, they think of everything before maybe Spanish-based brand. I love Paloma Wool. I yeah. think it's a really interesting brand. It did, did it grow out of being wool sweaters and then? I don't know. It's a Spanish brand. Yeah, it's based in Barcelona. I really want those Yin Yang shoes, guys. Yeah, I know the Yin Yang shoes. Is uh, so good. Are you going to try to do Yin Yang? Or you I could, don't think can so. You not I was do too it. depressed that they forced delivered it and blew out, evacerated. I know. I think though, there's opportunity here to do a closed toe Oxford version of it. Yes. I think that could be really good. Be very Lady Miss Kira with some tights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my personal favorite brand, mm-hmm. although I haven't purchased, it's where I still, you guys know the phase where you still fill up the shopping cart like incessantly. Yes. It's called Marrakeshi <laughs> yeah. Life. And I am a gay who loves the caftan. <laughs> I love a set. Uh-huh. I love this kind of elevated cage kind of like uh non-flattering mm-hmm. life and th- i found this brand of course on instagram so once i clicked yeah. on her a few times uh you know now it just it's haunting me oh this is all this is so you though it's so <gasps> good and they what? make these weird sets and it's kind of like you know very middle eastern textiles this is and lovely it's really cool it's not a cheap splurge but it's something i'm really into and I also love the LA brand perspective flow on the men's side, nice which is one. a favorite um, designed by a couple Japanese guys who are in San Pedro, Los Angeles, oh. and sells at stores like American Rag and you know LA stores that do a lot of dressing mm-hmm. on the male side. And it's one of my favorite brands. They just have oh. a really cool Japanese aesthetic. Yes, I think they do the hand stitch. Hand stitching. Which is really pretty. Vintage fabrics. It's pretty. Do you have any of any of I the have pieces? some of it. Yeah, I have a bucket hat. I have a jacket. And yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's something, you know, I Cute. think for men, um, I love this minimal. Yeah. You know, I have also a favorite brand called Seeker. 
Seeker. Which is based yeah. in Los Angeles. Yes, I've um, heard of them. It's like a little bit on the unisex brand. It's also a queer-owned brand, which I love supporting. Yeah. I like to keep my money in the queer community, honey. I think that's a great thing to I do. I have to give heterosexuals that's my money all the time. That's called conscious consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> I like to support the other gays. <laughs> I think the age of the mean gay is over. I think we're in an age of nice. the new nice gay. Supportive, supportive gay. Um, so I love Seeker. I have a lot of their stuff. I have the jumpsuit. I have the jacket that makes it look like a suit. Um, I have the pullover. Um, it's a brand that I love. It's mm. tiny. Mm-hmm. And it has cool, versatile pieces that that are fun. And you do a line of clothing as well. Yeah, we do a very small line of clothing. I mean, I really would like to fully pivot to be a full lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we are rolling out some new things. Oh, yay this year so for holiday we're rolling out our own custom scents and candles Um, we're rolling out a new collection i mean we have a hat collection that we make which is a slogan inspired hat so it's very punny and giftable um so we're rolling out matching beach towels for the holidays that say things like that our hats say and then our probably most anticipated thing is our newest addition which is cow print roller hell yeah so we're how on trend yeah we're coming up (laughs) on a trend that i knew was there but i wasn't really aware until someone in my office said um did you know that you can't buy roller skates have you thought about making them and i was like well you can just buy roller skates online and she's like well try it Sold out, still there, back backwards, I was yeah. like, oh, so then I looked into it. So I emailed my factory and I was like, hey, I want to do this. Um, here are the colors I want to do. So I got the samples. Is it the same factory that you work with now or do you source a different They factory? source for me. Yeah, they source okay. for me. And um, I got the samples. Also, I'm not a roller skater. I'm not a roller <laughs> skate designer. So, you know, I want to make sure that we're delivering something that's, like, functional, that's not yeah. going to fall apart. Because I don't know these people, these factories. So mm-hmm. we got the samples, and, you know, I sourced them in my own materials, our signature materials, the cow print. Yeah. Um, really fun. I just emailed two buyers for two very large stores uh, that I have kind of nice relationships with. I said, hey, this is weird. I don't know if this is even, if you're the buyer for this. I'm doing these, and they're, I think, both replied under 60 seconds with identical responses. How soon, how much can they be exclusive? (laughs) So we're rolling them out into 12 Nordstrom doors for a holiday. Literally rolling them out. out. (laughs) Um, So Ivy Skate will be um, coming for holiday if everything lines up correctly. We will definitely be pre-selling them after Black Friday. So we got to, which colors? What, what do we got coming in? For men, cow in black and white. Perfect. For women, cow in black and white, cow in brown. Um, a nice 70s turquoise suede, so like a traditional oh, yes. um, cow suede. So yeah. thick, thicker, traditional skate details. Um, and then we're launching some exclusives with some other brands. Um, periwinkle suede, uh, tan lilac and then we are rolling out five versions plus two vegan versions for spring one holy cow we are going that is fantastic yeah i'm gonna see you know i'm 
treading lightly because I really want the controlled product to match what we do on the shoe side. I know Mm -hmm. that I'm not a skate brand, so I am selling them as like a novelty, a -hmm. gift item, but I also want them to function, you know? Yeah. Uh, Because people are out there doing it. I want to be on the brand. Are you going to gift them to any of the... I want to gift them to some of the skate celebs who are emerging. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. So I have a little list going. I have some roller derby friends. Um, of course you do. I'm from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I know. I was just like, of course this is what um, So, yeah, the skate thing I think will be really good. And then, you know, I I think building a brand is really interesting. I don't view myself as a shoe designer. I never would introduce myself as that. I think that I am really good at branding. And I think that it's okay to, like, add things like skates and want to have yeah. a wider assortment. That's totally. what I want people totally. to come to us for those, those things. Especially when, when there's such like an, uh, an openness in, in the, the market and demand that's just not there and you can fulfill it with something that's so cool and interesting. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, Kim and I have talked a lot about this, which is like creating uh, momentum in your funnels, you know? So from a business side, like email, you know, with the roller skates, we're going to get a huge new clientele base. A whole new clientele base. So then it's base. like, oh, okay, you bought our skates from us, but did you know that we started as a shoe brand? So yeah. educating them about the experience and mm-hmm. the DNA of our brand. And then, you know, relying on these key partners, like the Free People, like, you know, um, the Nordstrom, to elevate to their, you know, experience with their customer. Are you going to go bottom up and start um, – releasing some skate um clothing and and I mean, hats and I accessories got i what i really want are the tools, the tools. for the wheels mm, yeah so i would um like to get the tools more so than the clothing mm-hmm. um i love this new breed of skater who like kind of has her own style yeah um i'm working on the editorial lookbook for the launch of them and so i really want it to be our own version i don't want to go high nostalgia I mean, I love Chrissy from Three's Company, um, <laughs> but that's not really the vibe I want. I no. want it to be like Betmont's <laughs> yeah. styled on the yeah, top. But the yeah. pride, yeah. I'm on a roller skate. I think skate. that's actually a really, really cool. It's like Grimes <laughs> on a skate. Like Grimes on a skate. So yeah. it's like, um, even if it's in a roller rink, I want there to be this severity to what I'm doing. And I also, I can do that because I'm not a skate brand. So sorry about your rules. And that's actually great. Is you'll be appealing to an audience that's not specifically like like well, skates indoctrinated. Are yeah, skates are appealing to a new audience. Now. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I think there's an opportunity to do something there. And then I'm really just interested in product. You know, like mm-hmm. what product is coming down the pipeline, and you know, um, slippers, you know, things like that that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So it's like. I should be doing a slipper. Yeah. Uh, I did a sock collab last year with Fun Socks. Will you, you know? be doing a, a sock that specifically goes back to the haunt show so you can wear it in the, in the I future? mean, I think we should be doing a full sock. A full brand. sock program. I think no, so not, not enough socks. Yeah. I would, yeah. Not yeah. enough cool socks. Agreed. And especially like for your shoes, your shoes need specific socks. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, you know, there's the sock brands that I'm sure your listeners love, which is like a Darner, mm-hmm. uh, Hansel from Basil. Yep. Right. Um, and I love those brands and I think they do a really good job. They do really, and they, they have a huge market. I think they sock it to their competitors. They certainly <laughs> do. Oh, they do too. So yeah, I mean, having a brand 
it is just a wild ride. It is something that I do take very seriously, but I am very aware that I'm very lucky in a lot that it's been based on luck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, you've been in the industry so long, you can kind of just, you can see it and navigate it in an intelligent way. You didn't just stumble on it, which makes it so much easier to be able to kind of have your... Yeah, your, I mean, in, I still your do point some of consulting mm-hmm. uh, with people who want to start brands or have projects and just pair them with the correct factory. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, hit me up. <laughs> it's me. Ty at intentionallyblank.com. No, US. Oh, sorry. Dot US. US. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Uh, that email would have gone to the wrong place. Oh my God. Actually, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your statement um, hats. Yes. And tees, because I know you actually do some crowdsourcing on them. What was what was the original statement? Was it the fun mom? Sure. I mean, we used to have a very small office in Chinatown, and it was right after the election. And when I say the election, the election not Um, the election two (laughs) the election one and it was coming up on thanksgiving and we were kind of you know when you work in an open space everyone's like in their computer but you're kind of talking the whole day yeah and it'd be like working working and so like oh thanksgiving i just don't want to talk to them about it because we were all like one was from texas i'm from rural oregon Mm -hmm. the other person's from like um, inland empire or the Imperial Valley, you know, so it's like conservative parents, family members were going to be there. So we were just talking about it, like, you know, the best ways to stay neutral at a family event. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just make us these hats that say Michelle Obama. So the hats are very in line with our branding. It's Ariel Bold, which is the font we use for everything. It's a black dad (laughs) hat with Uh white, all it says is Michelle Obama. Yeah. So I made mm-hmm. them for us as like a little kind of like a, addressing cute. the elephant in mm-hmm. the room in a way that's like, you know, also, you know, having to admit a little bit of defeat after the awful election. And um, when we came back, everyone was like, oh, my God, I could sell a dozen of these. Like everyone at my you know, I source them from L.A. I get them embroidered in L.A. Our turnaround time is 24 hours. What? So I was like, well, I don't think we can sell one hat on the site. So let's like pop up a few. Let's yeah. like make up a few ideas. So I don't remember. I think there were five, but three of the originals have maintained, which is Fun Mom. Fun Mom, you guys. Mich- fun yeah. Mom. Michelle I love Obama. that one. Mm-hmm. And Daddy, please. Daddy, please. So they're basically. Oh, but you also have a, a holiday one that comes back every holiday. Yeah, our best probably seller, She Peaks at the Holidays, All I Want for Christmas is Mariah. <laughs> so it's based on the person who waits for November 1st to, you know, flip their calendar and put their six disc changer on, honey, and blast that song. And we hold an annual hat contest where we ask our fans to submit um, their ideas. A lot of it is like inside jokes, you know, or really quick like tiger king references yeah you know like something that's trending because we can source them in a day and because we can make them so fast we don't have to front load the inventory mm-hmm. so we can put it up on the site and say hey do you love this order now ship in five days you know if 200 people order it then we can fulfill it we did hit a big tipping point when we were picked up by man repeller with an article called our slogan hats the new slogan tea yeah and they wow. featured our for my last email hat and first it was on their blog which as you can imagine now isn't as big of a deal as like their main social channels 
So I was like, oh, cool. You know, we like got 14 sales. That's so awesome. And then she emailed us back and said, oh, this blog's getting a lot of attention. We're going to promote it on stories and on the main grid. Okay. I was not prepared for the landslide <laughs> of orders. And it was just, wow. Because we don't ever have to put up a sold out sign. Um, mm-hmm. We can just continue to make, make them. them. Yeah. So um, we launched a new collection last month from the hat contest winners. Um, Virgin Who Can't Drive is a new bestseller. <laughs> I know that one is trending. And I Hate It Here oh. is. And I think people love that. And they're mm-hmm. gifting it right now. It's fun. And we just change the slogans. We change the colors. We sell them to Nordstrom. We sell them to Urban. We do bucket hats. We do beanies. Sweatshirts. Sweatshirts. Um, I have a beanie. Yeah. Which we one? do them custom also for people who have like office jokes. We'll do like small run customs for you. That is really cute. Um, and it's something fun that you can give, you know, for like a $30 gift. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those items. I mean, I never would have thought we would become a hat brand that sells thousands. Of I mean, and I've seen people knock them off. I've seen them knocked off, mm-hmm. which I think is, I mean, they're aerial bolts. So they literally look like a knockoff yeah. of themselves <laughs> yeah. already, which I love. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we tried some things that don't work, but that's the, you know, like casual flosser wasn't a big seller, but you know, oh. people bought it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Birthday month is a good seller with the young, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and millennials because they like to take that whole month. And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we do a lot of RuPaul-ism for that niche clientele because I'm a big Drag Race fan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when there's a cult community around a show, the jargon and the slang kind of becomes this vernacular. It's, that becomes its own trend, yeah. Yeah. So, um so like everyone, yeah. everyone's like in an inside circle and then you can make it to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it's really fun and opening it up to our community for the annual hat contest is when we get thousands of entries. Yes. And, um, when do you do that hat contest? We just did it. So yeah, we did it at the end of summer this year. Interesting. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to have Ty back for our next episode where we're going to talk about self care. Very exciting. Ty, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. I feel like I learned a lot. Well, turns out I love talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> we love listening. It was our most educational episode yet, uh-huh. I think. So Absolutely. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> and let's see what people think. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we're going to hear all about Ty's hot self-care tips, as well as our <laughs> own. Excellent. I'm ready. Right. Bye. <laughs> Join our episode with Ty from Intentionally Blank. We got to hear a lot about the footwear industry, shoe dogs, and (laughs) (laughs) Ty's brand Intentionally Blank. And now you can experience the brand for yourself with a whopping 20% off discount code exclusive to the department listeners. So just pop on over to intentionallyblank.us. You heard that right. It's intentionallyblank.us, not .com going to take you somewhere else it's not cool there are no shoes we guarantee it's a shoeless hellscape
<laughs> of despair. Of so despair. Don't do that. Yeah. So once again, intentionallyblank.us and use the code the department that's T H E D E P T for 20% off any order on the site. All caps, no spaces, no period, the department. And if that wasn't enough, you're also going to get free ground shipping. I'll make sure to add this to our show notes as well. So, you know, you can make sure to just pop on over, support this awesome crew, and you'll definitely find something for everyone, including yourself.